0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Swish Waterlad Podcast. This episode is proudly brought to you by Swish, which is an awesome platform where you can get a personalised video message from some of the biggest names in sport and today's guest is also on there as well with a lot of other legends from around the world. It's super easy to use and because you are a lad for listening to Waterlad, I have a discount for you, $15 off your order if you use the code Lad with no spaces. Up to 70% of the proceeds go to Kiwi Kids Charities so you can feel extra good about your purchase and I'll leave a link in the description so go click on that and check them all out, check out all the stars and go get yourself one from your favourite. Also, our good friends at Pure Sport are offering 20% off all of their products, which you probably already know are the most tested and trusted CBD products in the world. These products will benefit you whether you're an athlete or not, there's something in there for everyone. Whether you're struggling with sleep, stress, recovering from concussion, sore muscles or joints, there's something there that can help you recover or at least with your quality of life. I'll leave a link in the description to click on and then to get your discount, use the code WATERLAD20, no spaces. And remember, this can get into New Zealand, no issues. Grateful for our partners, but I'm looking forward to this episode, so let's get to it. What a lad, what a lad. Oh, what a lass. Yes, yes, yes. We finally have a female (laughs) legend on the podcast and what a guest to start. She's the two-time Rugby World Cup winner with the Black Ferns, most capped Black Fern of all time, and she's also been voted the best women's player in New Zealand and the world. She's also one of the real characters of the women's game. It is the great Kendra Coxage. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Uh, Jimmy. Thanks for the call-up, making it onto the Water Lad podcast. I'm excited about it.
0: We will have to change that name I feel, what do you think, I, I, I googled w- what's the equivalent of lad and female for a female and it comes up as lass, I also got told lass is a little <laughs> bit offensive so I wasn't quite sure what to call it but how do you feel about what a lass? Yeah,
1: well, I don't know about that either, I'd have to have a, <laughs> have a think. Um, but I, I quite like how you called it what a what a lad, that's that's, okay. that's alright, Just if you're going to mix it up have some females on here too, it shouldn't yeah. matter what the what the old podcast is called.
0: Perfect, I like that. What a lad, we stay on. And exciting times having our first female guest.
1: Yeah, it's pretty exciting to be the first, um, got the call up from you, Jimmy, to come on and have a yarn. I'm um, looking forward to, I've heard a couple of your podcasts with Richie Moongra, and that in the past, so I'm looking forward to having a chat with you.
0: Awesome stuff, looking forward to it. And obviously you're freshly off becoming the most capped um, Black Fern of all time. Um, hell of an achievement. What was What was that like for you?
1: Oh, it was massive. Eh? Um, I think rolling into last week, probably like forty eight hours. You know, I guess the day before the game, the day of the game, and after, um, it was huge, huge for me. Um, I still feel like I'm not sure if it's fully kicked in yet. Um, but no, it's pretty exciting to lead into that, and you know, you kind of come in, you got a whole new coaching group, you're not sure what they're thinking. So I was like, "Am I even going to be playing?" Um, you know, you you kind of go through all these thoughts in your head. Uh, so when that team first got selected. Um, you know, I rang the family and I said, hey, you know, you might want to come up uh, up from the neckie, uh to, to watch this game, um, so, you know, because they all knew it was kind of coming up. But, um, yeah, it's just so surreal. Um, words, words can't really describe it. Um, it's pretty special, you know, 16 years on the side. Um, and, yeah, to finally get out there and achieve it was, was pretty special for me and my family.
0: Yeah, 16 years it's been some career for sure and you guys are building towards this big rugby world cup later in the year on home turf Um, exciting times for for the black ferns how's the camp looking
1: camp's looking really really good Um, obviously we've had a pretty tough six months uh with the black ferns um obviously coming off end year tour and then and then going through the review but we've worked really hard to go through processes to leave that behind Um, we had to move on pretty quickly and and, and fast as well. Um, you know, so we had to kinda of get that momentum moving and um, you know, we got got a few new coaching group come on board and um it was massive for us as players that we had to move forward with a pinnacle event. Um, so it's it's awesome. Um the group's awesome. There's a lot of young young girls, um, I think in the, in the game in the weekend the most capped forward was five caps I think so wow. it's pretty inexperienced at the moment um, yeah. but yeah it's, um, it's pretty awesome having, having the likes of Smithy, uh, Wesley Clark and, and then Whitney Hanson on board and then having Alan Bunting there as well which has helped me a lot as a leader.
0: Yeah you talk about that coaching group, what have, what have they added? What's Especially in, in particular Wayne Smith, what's he added to the group? <coughs>
1: All right. Um, it's more like what he hasn't added. No, he's um, okay. he's 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 um, a great coach, as we know. He's he's world class, and um, for us, he's I guess he's allowing the girls to express themselves. He wants to see the girls make mistakes, um, because if he thinks if you're not making mistakes, then you're not you know you're not challenging yourself, and we're not playing the right game that we want to play. Um, he's got a lot, got you know, up in his up, up in his head, and for me as an experienced player, I'm trying to draw that out as much as possible. Um, yeah. He's, you know, he randomizes training. Our trainings are all quite random, and he's big on you know being adaptable, and us as players adapting to that. So now there's a lot of a lot of things he's, he, you know, he's getting into his dance moves with the team. Um, he's, <laughs> I think he's kind of getting used to coach coach coaching females again. <laughs> um, he's. Yeah, we have a dance that we sign off training with. Um, he always comes up to me every now and then, he's like, how do you reckon I'm doing, Kenji? You know, any, any feedback, do you reckon I'm going all right? And I'm like, mate, you're in the circle doing it, that's a start. Um, but um, the culture he's kind of started to create already is, is pretty awesome, but he, he needs to know the difference between his left and right, I think, to help with his dance moves.
0: <laughs> oh, that's classic. So. Um, how does that sort of compare to last year? Um, obviously, you mentioned you didn't quite get the results that you wanted, but what did you sort of put that down to? Looking back on reflection, was it a culture thing? What would you put it down to?
1: I think for us, um, the culture was awesome last year as well. Um, it was yep. a good group of girls. We had no, you know, zero issues off the park. Um, you know, we actually trained pretty well. But we just, we just couldn't put that performance out on the park and. Um, you know, you, I'm not going to use the excuses of COVID, um, you know, in terms of the fitness level of the side. There was one thing that was, wasn't, you know, up to the to international standard. Um, and then uh, I probably put it down to just a lack of footy um, over the last couple of years and a lack of footy, at a, you know, not just at an international level, but at the top of the international game. You know, so always going over there and playing England and France was always going to be challenging for the side um so it was it was it was a, tel- a challenging tour um and it was yeah our set piece was it was tough at times too we just didn't get a, you know we didn't build any good platforms to to let our electric backs um you know free up and play um, but uh, I think from there sometimes you' got to go through some tough stuff to, Um, to come out better and we look back now and I mean we're not going to know until World Cup but you know I think there's things that have happened that have probably been the best for the side. Um, A lot of different little changes within the group and all that kind of stuff so I feel like we're on a really good uh, road at the moment Um, and we just got to make sure we just keep challenging ourselves and putting our performance out on the park.
0: Did you see those results kind of coming or were they a complete shock to you? Because obviously from my point of view I Definitely didn't see those big scores coming. I thought um, over there you guys would have been a lot more competitive, potentially would have, I would have backed you guys to be winning those games.
1: No, it probably blindsided us as players too, to be honest, Jimmy. It was, um, you know, I went over there going, this is going to be awesome, can't wait to play again. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we'll go well. Looked at some of the, you know, looked at their footage and kind of knew they were going to be good. Um, yeah. yeah, they're going to be tough, they always are. But then just, yeah, getting out there, in that first first game, you know, you're kind of like, oh shit, you know, lost, <laughs> didn't go too well. Um, but never thought we'd go over there and lose four games. And that was a really hard pill to swallow for me, for someone who's been around for for a long time. And we haven't lost, you know, haven't lost many games in the black jersey. Um, so that was really really challenging for for someone, not just for me, but probably for most of the group. Um, we had a lot of girls on debut, so. Some of them had never won. Obviously, at the end of that tour, never won in the black jersey. So that's what was important for us um, leading into the game last week too. Or even for me, at the back of my mind, I was like, "Man, we've got to get a get a win in the jersey. You know, we've got to get a win back in the jersey. Not just yeah. for not just for the the, the, new, the new players, but for the country. And and um, you know, with the World Cup, we need to get the, the public and behind us.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the public is getting behind you, and um, it's going to be exciting times when we get to that Rugby World Cup. Eh?
1: Yeah, yeah, we can't wait. Like even far out, the weather was so crap in the weekend. It was just (laughs) so much rain. I don't think I've ever played like you might have played, you know, a club game in that type of weather or that type of field. But um, not international test footy. And the crowd came out. You know, umbrellas and all. Um, They were, you know, and they're a nice vocal crowd too. And there's nothing that beats playing at home, eh, in front of your family. It's it's bloody awesome. Mm,
0: yeah, bring on the Rugby World Cup! Looking forward to it. But as always, I do want to go to back to the start, like I do with all my guests. Um, hear about your upbringing, um, how you got into footy. So give us a rundown.
1: Yeah, all right. It's uh, got to think back at the memory bank, going back a few <laughs> years now, Jimmy. But um, I've been playing rugby for 30, 30 years this year. So um, I wow. started playing rugby when I was four. Um, yeah. Yeah. So been been playing for yeah thirty consecutive years. Um, I'm from Taranaki, from the Naki, so grew up there. Uh, I've got twin sister, two older sisters, my mum and dad. Um, I did a bit of tap dancing with my sister. Um, yep. As you can tell, I'm quite high energy, um, probably, <laughs> and I annoyed my sister in the old... <laughs> In the old dance class, so mum was like, nah, you, you get, you know, you're gonna go down and go hang out with one of our family friends." So, mum shipped me off with one of my family friends, and they were going down to a rugby training, and basically, mate picked up a ball, um, and just never looked back. That was Sorry. my start of my rugby, rugby journey. Yeah, um, you know, obviously played a long time with the boys um, all the way through up until I went to high school. I uh, went to New Plymouth Girls, so. Um, all through those junior grades, I just played with the boys, and because I was from a small town um, outside of Taranaki uh, or Kato and um, you know, they when you're in a small community, the the boys become my brothers. You know, they they looked after me. Um, the club looked after me. Um, you know, I was, I was well looked after, and that's what made my rugby, I guess, probably quite easy. And I had the support from my family, um, my mum and dad. You know, I guess back then, you know, not many girls played at all. Um, right. And even in the necky, I think there were two or three of us that were were playing at the time, and for mum and dad to allow me to continue to play and enjoy it, you know, so I'm pretty grateful that they allowed me to do that, um, and that's why it's pretty cool. Bring up the milestone the other day; uh, they're pretty proud of that, and it was a good opportunity for me to thank them for what they have done for me um, as well. Um, but yeah, from the MXA New Plymouth Girls High School, played school girls rugby there. Um, lucky enough that my school had rugby. Um, a lot of them, a lot of them don't. So. Yeah. Uh, we were pretty strong. We won out the Tanukki School Girls competition uh, most years. Um, we used to play up against Sacred Heart who were pretty challenging. Um and then played representative with Tanlucky Secondary School Girls. Then they had a Hurricanes tournament. They'd sometimes be a paper team. Um and then other times it would be uh, um you know, we'd actually be a team and play play a couple of games. Uh, majority of the time it was a paper team. Um and then I moved here to the Mighty Christ Church, uh, in, in two thousand and seven, uh, went down to Lincoln University, got awarded a cricket scholarship because I played cricket oh, as true. well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got awarded a cricket scholarship. Um, little did they know I was going to play rugby as well. Um, <laughs> got a bit of a got a bit of a slap on the hand for doing that, uh, and then made the Canterbury Canterbury women's team, and then from that year I made the Black Ferns. So um yeah 19 years old when I when I debuted um but yeah it's it's still yeah it's bizarre it's bizarre to think back to how it all kind of panned out but for me I had a a really good upbringing um and I wasn't a huge I didn't didn't enjoy school um Mm. it wasn't you know I kind of went there to eat my lunch and play sport but as I got through the the older years of high school you know you start to think about what you're going to do. Um, and then I obviously got awarded that Lincoln University scholarship so I we went down and studied a Bachelor of Recreation Management and Sport at Lincoln, um, which is you know, which is pretty cool for someone who didn't really enjoy school, uh, yeah. managed to work hard, really hard and, and get a degree and then you know, make the black ferns uh, and also made the New Zealand A cricket side, so the side that sits under the white ferns the same year so kind of had to right. choose between them.
0: Wow, yep. that is that is such a cool story. Um, love how you got into it. So, were you always um, really good as a as a young as a young kid? Did you compete with the boys? Were you still one of the best?
1: Yeah, I was always told that. Um, we used to have a few moves based around me because I think True. the opposition never thought that they would. They'd give it to the girls. So, um, <laughs> no, I used to. I've always played halfback, to I mate. So always yep. just absolutely loved it, and you know, used to. I mean. I'm not going to say I was awesome because I don't think we do that as Kiwis, but, um, you know, I loved it out there and, and um, scored a few tries um, and just, yeah, the boys just used to used to give me the ball. I remember having this move from a line out, so we'd throw it in and I'd be standing like in the halfback position and I'd just throw it back down to me and I'd just be sprinting down the tram lines. Um, <laughs> so I remember scoring a few tries doing that.
0: <laughs> Might see that at the Rugby World Cup.
1: <laughs> yeah, watch out. <laughs>
0: be like the Tony Woodcock move in the final.
1: Tony Woodcock. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day actually. Because <laughs> I was saying to them, I was like, when are we going to do a line-out special that has the halfback involved? You know, no one's ever going to expect it.
0: <laughs> oh, save it for the final, don't give too many clues away. Yeah.
1: no, we don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> and you mentioned your cricket, um, so how'd you go at cricket? You obviously were pretty good at cricket to get your scholarship. Um, Better bowler.
1: I uh, started mostly as a bowler, um, yep. and then uh, so all through school and then and then played made the Central District Hines and um, the Taranaki women's team and and then through my career just still bowler. I was pretty. I probably sat at school probably sat in about third or fourth better, um, and then later on with the Central Districts with the with the CD Hines um, was probably around eight or nine. Just coming at the end, I was a bit of a pinch hitter. I always got caught. Um, I didn't really know how to s- s- um, score runs slowly. <laughs> um, so I used to get caught a lot. Uh, Amy, Amy Mason, who used to, Amy Watkins now, I played with her and she was a, she used to score runs pretty quickly too. So I kind of used to be like, oh, I'm not here to muck around, I'm, hit it, I'm here to hit fours or sixes. <laughs> um, so I, I tend to get caught a lot on the boundary uh, or caught at slips, just trying to give it a good hack. But um, I guess towards the end of the cricket, I actually ended up opening the batting um, so oh, I kind of yeah. taught myself to slowly score runs um, and just hold my wicket. So yeah, and then just slowly became a little bit of an all rounder. Really,
0: mm. they need to get you involved in that black clash.
1: Yeah, yeah well, I played the year. I played one. the first year of that yeah, when I was down. Right. Yeah, down in Christchurch. Yeah, and we've got Ted. Ted's in our environment, so I've been oh, yeah. um, <laughs> riffing into him about about dropping me. <laughs> I was like, "You dropped me! I never got a phone call after the first year." <laughs> Um, But he reckons he's going to get me back, so I'll hold him to it.
0: (laughs) I'll see some boundaries. That'll be good stuff. So what made you choose rugby over cricket in the end?
1: Um, I think, you know, a lot of people can ask me, and I think for me it was probably around, you know, cricket is a long time. It takes up all your day. Like it's six hours basically all up, three hours batting, three hours in the field. Um, And I think by the time, because I'd played... Was at such a young age and all the way through and played women's at a high level at 15 I probably just got a little started to get a little bit probably sick of it um, you know even though I did enjoy it but rugby is just you know it's 80 minutes it's, I'm a halfback I'm touching the ball every you know every few seconds so I think that's probably what ended up making my decision around that um, I do sit back and, and reflect to wonder what it would have been like if I chose cricket and where I would be if I had chosen cricket, I'm um, yeah. never gonna know. Um, but yeah, probably that's probably the main reason. Was just rugby was was all go at the time, and I was just absolutely loving it.
0: How yeah, good. And then you mentioned making the Black Ferns at just nineteen years old. Um, must have been pretty crazy. What was it like going into that environment for the first time? And how do you find out? Obviously, it's not all over Sky TV, the big announcement. But how, so how do you find out?
1: Yeah. So for for me, I remember finding out pretty clearly. I was in in the halls at. At Lincoln Uni, and um, I got this got this phone call. Just I was like, "Oh, this is a random number." And I had a few of my mates just hanging around um, in the dorms there, you know, in the halls. Um, And then they rang me to say that I had. um, It was uh, Warwick Taylor actually uh, rang me and said that I'd I'd made the Black Ferns squad. And you know, when you're young and that age, and the Black Ferns weren't really known a lot. Um, Like I knew they were there. I'd watched them a fair few times. in 2006 at their world cup and stuff but I never and I've always wanted to play for New Zealand but then you know I just kind of rocked out played Canterbury rugby and then just got this phone call to say hey you've made the you made the Black Ferns you're coming into into camp um and that's how it kind of panned out I just remember being in a bit of shock and I think my mates were crying more than what I was (laughs) um so it's pretty pretty cool pretty cool That's that's how we found out back then but um And then I remember rocking in and, you know, with the likes of Anna Richards and Victoria Highway and Casey Robinson and, um, you know, there's some absolute legends of the game and I was, you know, I was quite, obviously being a halfback, quite a talkative person, but I just remember coming in and I just didn't say boo for like the first two years. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I was pretty, yeah, it was pretty daunting coming in, but, um, you know, they took me under their wing, uh, looked after me and... You know, Emma Jensen was a, another legend of the game at halfback, and worked alongside her. Um, you know, for for a few years, and um, but I just remember coming in and just felt a little bit like didn't want to put my foot wrong, um, especially at nineteen years and years old. So, yeah, no, it was it was pretty it was pretty special at the same time. And then I got to make my debut uh, in Wanganui, uh, against Australia. Uh, I remember getting what, two and a half minutes off the bench, ran on. Um I think I just about I just about put the ball on the wrong side of the scrum actually. <laughs> I I ran on and had the ball and then I was like, hang on a minute, I'm on the wrong side so I had to quickly scoot around to the other side. Because um, I think I was like went to kinda of like just about to put it in. I was like, What the hell, where's the hooker's foot? Like <laughs> So, um, scooted around the other side. The ref did didn't even tell me either. I was like But um mate two and a half minutes felt like it was about 10 seconds it went that quick
0: <laughs> yeah it always does eh, coming off the bench <laughs> all those little, <laughs> yeah. little cameos yeah. eh? but yeah. Um, yeah. is there any sort of like um traditions or initiations you do in the Black Ferns like for a 19 year old coming in how, how are you treated
1: yeah no it's it's um I mean it's all about you know I guess having coming into an environment that you enjoy and I think the the main thing was for the black ferns back then is that we had a lot of like standards and and protocols that you had to kind of live by coming into the side and if you broke one of those protocols, um, it was pretty ruthless in terms of yeah, yeah, you, I guess you call it a consequence or a punishment even though I don't <laughs> like those two words. Um, and you, you do we do it a bit different these days, but um, you know if you if you were late or, um, you know you forgot your kit or you left something behind. Um you went into the, the ring of fire and you, you pulled a card out and each card had a little bit of like, um, you know, like a punishment, whatever that was, it might have been, you know, you had to dress inside out or wear your skins, you know, full skins to breakfast yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. But um so you I never wanted to put a foot wrong. I was like, oh my gosh, like just, just put my head down, do what I needed to do. <laughs> Because um, it was pretty scary, or singing a song, or singing the anthem, oh, or yeah, something. Yeah. And as a nineteen-year-old, you know, like that's daunting. Um, <laughs> so I didn't have to. it was pretty good. Yeah, I think there was one time. I mean, I've never been late in this team. Um, it's something that I, I just, I, I just it's lateness awesome. is a non-negotiable. Um, yeah, but there's one time I, um, I left my room key. I think on the table, and someone picked it up and. When I went into the ring of fire, I was like, "Oh my god! Please don't get the singing one! Please don't get the singing one!" Um, but I had to wear the full the full skins to breakfast, so it wasn't too bad. But <laughs> never again. Uh, I didn't want to put a foot wrong. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how does that How does that look now in terms of those sort of um, punishments?
1: Right, we've just got, as you can imagine, with the the new generation and that coming through, as things are a bit different. So. Um, we just try try and create a, a, a really good environment where everyone kind of feels safe and, and loves it and I guess it's around creating that high performance environment so mm. um, girls come in and knowing that you know that you need to be where you need to be or have what you need to have so we don't necessarily have that, that anymore, um, mm. we're just working through a bit of a process with a new coaching group now around small things like that so we haven't got anything necessarily locked in yet. Um, but, the, yeah, the girls have been pretty good, actually. Um, so that's what makes it, because you don't want to have a punishment every time. It's a bit tough, yeah. obviously, as we know, with the, the new generation coming through, you've got to be a bit nicer <laughs> to them. Because <laughs> I say to them, I was like, man, when I came in as a 19-year-old, holy heck.
0: <laughs> yeah, back in my so, day.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, back in my day. I never thought I'd be the person saying that. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. But you've obviously had an incredible career um so many amazing achievements so many big games any sort of games that really stand out for you as um career highlights
1: yeah there's always there's always a few that kind of stick out to you and you know mine would probably the one I in, in terms of a whole year 2015 was a really cool year um we just come off that 2014 world cup and we weren't successful we lost to ireland and the um, in the round robin, which kicked us out because there was no like, uh, quarter finals or anything back then. So right. um, we ended up coming fifth. Um, so from that one, we, you know, we wanted to turn a corner in 2015 and that's when Glen Glenn Moore and Wesley Clark and uh, Reuben Samuels kind of came in and, and that, that Canada trip was, was awesome. It um, was a series over there that we, we were really successful and we played really good rugby. Um, so that was a good massive changing point. For us, so in terms of a whole year, that year was probably one of one of my favourites. Um, but nothing will probably beat the 2017 World Cup final. Um, you know, after losing 2014, um, we were going to that World Cup and we weren't coming home without it. Um, and then to, I think, we, you know, we were down at half time. Um, I just remember sitting in the, we had obviously a different coaching group then, a slight change. We had Grant Keenan come in as coach and he was our backs coach and I just remember sitting in the in the changing room at half time and he goes to me um you know he's going through what what he what, what he's seen and, and what we need to kind of look at for the second half and I just remember sitting there and everyone was kind of sitting there with like just in real I guess real focus there was not there was real quiet it was quite a little bit unusual but mm. and then I remember him coming up to me Grant comes up to me and goes Kench, you're good like you know, see yourself, you're right. And I said, "Don't worry, we've got this." It's almost like we all knew that what we needed to do, and we just needed that time to to process what we needed to do. And as soon as we ran out, we just flipped the game over completely. And um, we were playing a wide, expensive game, but um, England knew that, so we started to play a tighter game. And just I think for me, it was around the ability as a as a team to to be able to do that, to flick that switch over and change a game plan completely, which was probably almost never heard of in the women's game, Jimmy, at that time. Um, mm. So it was pretty special to come in and now our, our prop scored a hat trick, took another tour, um, scored a hat trick in a World Cup final, and. You know, we had Vic Sabrisky and Laftelli doing crossfield kicks. To, you know, like there was just, a, that to me was a big change in, in the women's game as well and how it was played. Um, we set a really high standard there. So, you know, when you can remember a game that clearly, that's um, yeah. obviously, you know, it's a, definitely a special one, special one for me. Yeah.
0: Love that. And what are your nerves like going into a World Cup final? You're a nervous sort of player and... Obviously you got the goal kicking duties as well, which always adds a little <laughs> bit more pressure, especially in a World Cup final.
1: Yeah, yeah. I um I used to be I used to be really nervous and um, you know, I couldn't eat a lot, you know, I guess the day of the game and then kind you know, you get mental skills support and help around dealing with that and um I think just experience has helped me now. Um, but mm. if I don't get nervous that's when I, I find that there's an issue. Um mm. You know, nerves and excitement is the same sensation. That's how I look at it. Like you just feel a little bit in your stomach, and you're like, "Man, that's just because I'm excited." It's you know, mm-hmm. you know, people see nerves as a bad thing, but it's not. Um, you probably know that as a player too, Jimmy. When you played, um, you know, you you got to embrace that. And for me, as a goal kicker, and you know, we had a session with DC the other day, and he said, "You know, you got to have a purpose of you know a reason why you kick." And my purpose is literally because I just love the pressure. Um, I thrive yeah. on it. Um, so, for me, I, I want to take those kicks to win the game, um, you know, so that's the reason why I kind of, I love goal-kicking and, and, you know, I think I've kind of taught myself to control my nerves and control, you know, I've got a lot of things going into a game, um, from the training week into the, uh, into captain's run, into the walkthrough on the game day, and then, you know, you go through the, the anthem and then it's a haka then into game so there's a lot of moments within the game you've got to be able to control where you can your emotions if you need to um you know and there's some girls and even myself and when, when i was 19 debuting i i bawled my eyes out on the anthem i just couldn't control it and and i guess the good thing for me is i was going straight to the bench after that to be able to sit <laughs> down and 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 relax um but some girls on debut start right and they play so um, you know for me I just I think just experiences help that so now I just I thrive on on singing the anthem I get up for it um, you know the one on the weekend for my 58th test it was a little bit of motion so holding back a few tears but then you kind of to flick from that into a bit of a different mindset for Haka and then you got to flick again uh, into game mode so there's always little moments that you've got to be able to learn to control and we've got a lot of support systems and structures in place now to support that which is cool
0: Have you always been a goal kicker?
1: Uh, yep yep I've always done it and always loved it um, you know you got those memories as a kid well when you didn't have a tea you used to just drop kick and you used to live you know after we come off the farm I used to live across from the school so I'd go home chuck my bags down come back down and have a run around and score tries win World Cups you know need yeah. to get this drop kick to to win the world Cup and kick the ball into the trees behind the posts and you know on wet rainy days when you know, my sisters were inside probably reading books or doing something else. I'd be out um, scoring tries and diving in the in the mud and, and in the water. And so I've just, um, from there, just taught myself, to be honest, as well. I've taught myself how to goal kick. Um, yeah. I've had a few lessons in the past, but, um, you know, a few tips from, from the likes of Dan Carter or coaches and all things like that. But um, Hannah Porter was an absolute legend of the game. I remember her giving me some key tips when I was young, Blackfern, and... Um, mm-hmm. But I just, yeah, taught taught myself how to do it from a young age and still finding ways to improve too, to be honest.
0: Yeah. So none of your sisters were into any of that stuff. They were, like you said, inside girls and you were the one out there (laughs) getting stuck into them. It's crazy because most, I guess most women players have older (laughs) brothers or something and they sort of get dragged along or beaten up by their bigger brothers but um, you've sort of done it all yourself
1: Yeah we've got, it's quite said, because there's heaps of girls that in the team that have got older brothers um, yeah. but for me yeah, three sisters, they, they are sporty though, um, we're all very sporty family so you know they've played netball basketball, hockey and all that through school Um, I think my twin sister, sister, um, she tried to play rugby once and I told her she wasn't allowed to because it was my sport. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, so for me, it was just, I just absolutely loved it. I think just because I kind of it was almost, I didn't know any different, right? Like I was four years old when I picked up the rugby ball and I was basically for dad, I was the... um, you know his, I guess his son that he he never he never got you know was the one holding the spanner and holding the you know holding things for him when he was fixing stuff and grab the hammer hold this and um, and almost think back and I think how awesome that is because I can change a tire um, you know I can do those small th- change a light bulb all those small things you know because yeah. I was helping dad it kind of I learnt those wee key, key tips off him um, so yes yeah, it it's it was quite bizarre but you know through starting when I was four years old, all my mates were, I was mates with the boys, uh, grew up with them. Um, you know, if any of them picked on me, the fit, you know, mum and dad knew or whatnot because we're all close family friends. Um, you know, I had a had a mate, uh, Matthew, who on his door, um, would have no girls except Kendra written on his door, so I was the only one that was out <laughs> in his bed, bedroom. So, um, you know, so for me, and then I went to an all-girls school, mate, so that was a massive change for me going into year nine. Um, Having lots of boy, boy, you know, boy mates and boyfriends, into to having um, to you know find some from a different group of friends.
0: Yeah, and how was that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the cool thing was to start with. Is I had my twin sister on, you know, on the first yeah. couple of days. But we're so different. We basically had two days together, and then we just went <laughs> off with our different groups of mates. Um, but being sporty helps, that eh? Like it's so much easier to, to find friends, and yeah. you know that my school friends are are my lifelong friends. We're still mates today. Um, majority of them are still in the necky when I go home. Um, you know, over Christmas or any time I go home, I catch up with them, and um, you know they've always been hugely supportive of of my rugby as well. And you know I had a couple of them at the game in the weekend, and um, yeah, no, it was it was, it was, a, it was a definitely different. Um, I had to to learn a bit and. Um, but, you know, I guess be a bit different. But um, nah, no, it's it's been cool because I still have some really good boy, you know, uh, boy mates as well, which is awesome.
0: Love that. And you mentioned like two thousand and fifteen being one of your favourite years, um, and individually for you, you won a lot of awards that year too. You won the best female player in the world and in New Zealand as well. Um, what did you put that year down to individually being so good?
1: Um, well, I think for me it was probably. Um, you know I Emma Jensen I said one Emma Jensen the other half back for for nine years um, you know so I sat in the saddle I was patient I worked on my craft I did what I needed to do uh, as well as trying to help her you know prepare her for every game um, so that year was my opportunity that was the year when I got my first. you know got that consistently of starting every test um, so for me it was I was given the opportunity and when that came I just wanted to take it with with two hands and Um, I think that's what it just came down to is I'd done the hard graft of of sitting in the you know in the back seat and soaking it all in so that I always told myself when you get the opportunity you need to take it with both hands and and that's what I did Um, and you could see it in my game Um, I brought a different kind of style of game to what Emma Jensen did and um, and it worked for us and you know I think now um, I've started every test since 2015 so uh, it wasn't just my 58th test in the it was my. 50th consecutive test um for the, the team as well and um so I started all those tests since then and so I was thinking about that last night I didn't actually realize until I was thinking I was like oh shit I've actually started since so 2015 so and that's just every year year in year out I just want to be the best um, I want to be the best halfback in the world I'm hugely competitive um sometimes it can be be an issue when you're doing stuff or training back at home with your with our hub and that but um Everyone knows it's because I'm competitive and it's for the best interest. Um, but that's probably what it comes down to. Is that just the opportunity? You just got to take it. Otherwise, it might not ever come again. So, mm.
0: so nine years you were, you didn't get a chance to start. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I, put, I think I started one game in the wow. in the World Cup, um, and then the others was just yeah sitting in there, and I'd probably you know you're you first on you start maybe getting five minutes off the bench because you never used to really use the bench back when I started you only kind of used it if you were injured so um, if there was injuries sorry so yeah and then I just sat there and then I got started to get you know 10 minutes and then 15 minutes and then 20 minutes and probably 20 minutes was the maximum I would have would have got um, mm. and then yeah now I'm the one playing the, the 60 the 65 minutes um, yeah. so it's quite bizarre but I feel like I did my time and <laughs> And you know, credit to, to Emma Emma Jensen too. Um, you know, she we had a lot good little wee healthy competition between us, and it was it was fantastic.
0: It is a long time to be sitting behind someone though, isn't it? So, was it? Um, did you ever get to the point where you're starting to run out of patience, or you're getting to the point where you're like um, starting to drop your lip a wee bit?
1: Yeah, I guess probably the last, um, probably 2013, As um, you know, you get it, clean your like, because you you know you're starting, you've been there for a long time. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, I absolutely loved it. Like I just yeah. loved any any opportunity I got on the jersey, and just just took that. But you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't get impatient. Um, because, you know, that's that's just not the reality of it, and. Um, you know I knew Emma was coming to the end of her career as well so I just had to keep telling myself just just be patient in there soak it all up learn learn from her learn from the likes of Anna Richards who was who was my 10 um, and then towards the end you started you know I don't say I wouldn't have said I would drop my bottom lip but it was a point where you know you get to a point where you're like man I, I probably feel I should be starting over over her but it comes down to the coaching group and and you know and how and who they select so I just had to you know buy my time and continue and then yeah 2015 new backs coach kind of come in and and that's when I got that start over over Emma Um, she ended up playing that year and then after that she she retired
0: and then instantly that first year getting your first year to start and then at the end of that year being named the best player in the world what's what's that feeling like?
1: Holy, like just you um, asking me about it gives me goosebumps because I'll never never forget that. Um, So that was, yeah, 2015 was awesome. It was over um, at the World Rugby Awards in in London. Um, Obviously there's the the World Cup over there, the Men's World Cup. So um, I just remember going to the awards, they fly you over, um, especially you went to the World Cup final. It's when the All Blacks beat Aussie um, and then the, the awards night was the next night and... I just remember sitting there and watching and just soaking it all up and then it got to my award and you know you kind of get get a little bit nervous and you're going oh my gosh like I'm not going to win this like there's so many other amazing players out there um, and then my name got called out and I was just like am I what like I was actually in shock for a minute like I was sitting there I was like, and then I had a couple of mates there with me because they were travelling the world at the time so I invited one of them to, to come along with me and She's like, your name got called out. You need to go up. And then from there, I was just like telling myself not to trip over. I was like, <laughs> don't trip over, don't trip over. I was like, because you know, you kind of see what what way people go up the stairs and see how they walk across, and I just never want to be that person that trips over. So that's all that was going through my head. I was shaking at this at the time. um yeah. And Maggie Alfonsi who who was a legend of the England side, um, she was giving out the award and you know she, she presented me with it and at the same time um, all the All Blacks stood up because they were all there um, and gave me a standing ovation so that was the thing that all I could remember was them standing up as I was walking up on the right side and me telling myself don't trip over don't trip over um, but it all kind of happened so quickly um, and then just after coming off the stage at the other end holy heck it was nuts with the media like it just went crazy um, all the things I had to do and into and um, being yeah being so young and that, but it was such an amazing event. Um, they put on a pretty, pretty good event as you can imagine. Um, and then after that came home, and then a few months later was nominated for New Zealand player the women's player of the year. Um, so I had to get the glad rags on again and dress up <laughs> and um, then won that. Uh, won that won award too, which was which was probably pretty cool and pretty special for me. My dad had just been diagnosed with cancer, um, and so he he then was going through chemo and all that kind of stuff so I guess to win that just kind of helped the family and and you know get him kind of through that and he's you know he's in remission now obviously and he's he's he fought it and I don't know just things like that it kind of just helps helps I guess keep the family going and all that so it was pretty special in 2015.
0: We're you confident going into that New Zealand one. Once you've been named World Player of the Year, surely you're going to be the best in New Zealand. Is that what you're thinking?
1: No, <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> nah, well, I it kind of crosses your mind. now, eh? you're like, oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But then I know someone. I know someone that won the World Rugby one and didn't win the New Zealand one. So oh, yeah. someone had told me that because I was like, oh, surely you're going to win it. Surely, and I was like oh maybe we'll just see what happens and then then I got told yes someone won the World Rugby one and not the New Zealand one so then that put me back in my seat (laughs) just to be like okay tell yourself you might not win
0: this (laughs) (laughs) but another award I remember you winning is the um, 2018 New Zealand Plough of the Year so this was uh, men and women you go on the list with the likes of Bowdoin Barrett Kieran Reid, Richie McCaw all the legends of the game what was it like winning this one this must have been unreal
1: yeah, that one. Holy heck! I'll I'll never forget that one either. Kind um, of same situation. I got my my twin sister. I just happened to, because I try and invite, you know, the family who's available. So mum and dad had already been to one, and this next one, I was like, oh, I'll take take my twin sister. You know, get get her to come up to Auckland and and go. And so she was with me, and and um and um and our Canterbury our Canterbury coach was nominated for coach of the year because we had won consecutive Farah Palmer Cups then as well. So um yeah just sitting there again um and i had won the field of pharmacy medal which is the fbc player of the year so sitting there i'd won that so i'd already had to go up on stage and then the night kind of went on and i just remember because um, i won new zealand player of the year as well so the sorry new zealand women's player of the year so i went up on stage and i knew the calvin tremaine one was the next award after that so i remember going up on stage and getting the Women's player of the year and i was um There was a seat there and just just one seat, and then Susumo was interviewing me for that. And um, because then I'd do two awards, and then you'd go down off off the stage after that. And then the guy from Sky, he comes up to me at the end, after everyone was clapping, he goes, Oh, I need to put this seat here for the next award winner. So then my mind was, Oh, I haven't won this award because why? I'm already up on stage, and there's obviously someone coming up to sit in this seat next to me so I'm already sitting on stage right um, and then you know names are getting called out from the AVs and I don't know I guess the world we were living in Jimmy it was like holy heck a, a female's never going to win this award um, mm. you know things are obviously getting better in the game and the women's game was more supportive but I just remember 2010 when the All Blacks won team of the year over us when we had won the World Cup and they had only won the Bled um, you know, so I was, that that was in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, you know, yeah. you've been nominated for it. You know, I was pretty stuck just to to be nominated for it. And I just remember sitting there, and there's a screen um, down on the stage that me and Sumo were watching, and then they're um, uh, going through the nominees, and then then my name got called out, and I just again, I was just like, like my stomach dropped, and I was just like what the heck and then you kind of look around and look out to the crowd and you can't see anything because a lot light, the lights are like bright in your eyes um and I was so so blown away I just started shaking um started shaking and again started telling myself when I get up don't trip over the chair like and because Grant Robertson um was giving out the the award and So I had to, you know, get up off my chair, go around and and give him a hug and get the award and, again, just telling myself, don't trip over, just be careful of your surroundings, you know. Um, And I remember him, Grant Robinson, when he presented it to me, he said, this is real heavy. So I had to, like, just make sure I was tensing so it wasn't the old, here it is, and then, you know, (laughs) drop Drop forward. Um, (laughs) Yeah, didn't want to drop it. So, um, yeah, he gave it to me and then I, I went and sat back down and... I just needed like it was good because Sumo, I know Sumo very well, um, and he was giving me a couple of times just to take a couple of deep breaths. But at the same time, I knew he was trying to make me cry when he was interviewing me, and my (laughs) top lip was like shaking, and I, my whole body was shaking, and I'm trying to hold myself together. And yeah, far out. It was yeah, pretty special moment, and then got back to my seat, well, same thing with the media, a lot of media around it and then got back to my seat to see my, my twin sister and everybody, like it took me probably an hour to get back from, from um, you know, after after getting off stage back to my seat to, to see my sister and, and everyone at my table But because um, I was just getting stopped the whole time and then, you know, I was getting messages, my phone blew up, um, you know, it was breaking news, New Zealand Herald breaking news that I had won the Calvin Tremaine and yeah far out it was uh, yeah unbelievable and yeah pretty surreal um time um, just reflecting back on it now I'm probably getting more emotional now <laughs> than what I was at the time but um I just I got back to my twin sister and she was crying I'm like why are you crying like <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was pretty cool way eh? like just you know that smashing you know I guess glass ceilings making history no one ever done it before and For me, it was about what I had done for the women's game. Um, That's what I reflect back on now and look at it, as like, holy heck, I've won that, I've put women's rugby on the, you know, at the top. Um, And, you know, young girls are gonna see this and and wanna aspire to to be a black fern or to play rugby and that was what was pretty special for me
0: too. 100% inspiring so many and pretty fair to say that you're never gonna trip up um, receiving an award. You've got so much awareness (laughs) around it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh honestly when you watch so many awards and Grammys and that I and mean, you see things you're like I do not want to do that sorry I should just do it now eh? just for a joke <laughs> <laughs>
0: Deliver it yeah, be good stuff. yeah. <laughs> oh, But we do need to crack on I don't want you to be late to the, um, your first meeting ever but um, what are your plans going forward obviously you've got the Rugby World Cup um, you are getting to the end of your career um, any plans?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest focus is I'm just, you know, been into career and I was having a good chat with, with um, Dan Carter about it the other day, like, you know, talking about how did you know that it was time, um, what was your process you went through and all that kind of stuff. So it was really cool. I'm just starting to, to talk to a lot of players around it and I keep getting told that, you know, you retired a long time and I think... Um, Around the women's game with O'Picky now, um, you know I had COVID during that and only played one game. Am I happy with that? I am um, on ninety four games for Canterbury. You know, so I've got these all these things that are kind of sitting there. But my main focus at the moment is I'm just trying to I'm just tell myself and I'm a real planned person. So for me to I guess. I'm just trying to live day by day now like I just want to enjoy every moment um this whole time being in this camp at the moment just getting up and enjoying the game and love you know chucking on the black jersey with my mates and and representing my country I just want to enjoy it and um and that's what's been really good for me As I probably the last couple of years I got caught into a lot of structure and a lot of stuff off the field as a leader that was going on and um, now I feel free again, um, so it's what's been really cool is I can I can be free and play, you know, play free rugby again too, which is which has been really cool. Um, but then, yeah, from here we've got a few, we've got a trial match coming up. Um, we've got a couple of um, games against Australia for the Laurie O'Reilly, uh, and then then there's the big World Cup, right? So mm-hmm. the the end goal for the year is for me to, to be peaking the time the World Cup comes around and be selected for for that side. Um, and um, I'm trying not to think too far past that yet um, that's the big the big goal but yeah you know I guess 30 years of playing the game 16 years in the Black Ferns in a high level um, there would be no better way uh, to end my career than winning a World Cup at Eden Park on home turf um, so that's what's, that's what would be pretty cool if the, we, can, we can achieve that I'd probably look at what my plans might be for, for next year um, but I always give back to the game, Jimmy. Like I, I work for New Zealand Rugby. Well, I have in the past. Obviously, we're full time Black Ferns now. But um, I work in the women's participation space, so trying to get more girls and women into the game. And um, I always give back to to rugby because of what it's given me. And I think um, I'll you know I might get into coaching as well. Mm. Post post this, I want to give all my experience and knowledge back to the, back to the game. Um, pretty keen to potentially go around and be a kicking coach for women uh, and girls as well. So there's got these other little wee things that I, I want to start kind of planning, but I don't want to put too much into because I just want to focus on getting through through this year. Um, and, you know, you, talking to DC too, I was like, you know, how did you know? And he's like, oh, I just wanted to enjoy, you know, my years of playing and what rugby had kind of given him. And he said, You I want to be like clinging on, you know, just, and you know, not, so I'm not clinging on yet. So, yeah. Um, that's what's been really cool. So we'll see how how the next six months go, uh, and then we'll probably make a bit of a plan, bit of a plan from there. Um, post post yeah. I, I do have a bit of a I have a bit of a fear about what rugby's going to be or what life's going to be post rugby because it's been yeah. what thirty consecutive years of playing the game. Like I've got to put plans and bits and pieces in place otherwise i will finish got and I'll be like, holy heck, what do I do now? <laughs> um, <laughs> But you know, there's small things like I want to go snowboarding. I want, you know, I want to try so many things that I haven't been able to do because of rugby. Um, so I've just started to put things in place, and you know, I might move to play some indoor netball. You know, like playing squash again. I used to play squash, so yeah. just doing things that you know Cricket. that I haven't done for a long time. Which, I, yeah, might get to roll the arm over. <laughs> Hopefully, Ted selects me for Black Cash again. <laughs> Yeah, oh, just stuff like that, yeah.
0: so we'll see how, see how it pans out. Exciting times, and hearing you talk about the World Cup, mate, it's getting me super pumped about final at Eden yeah. Park, Rugby World Cup, oh, exciting times. But we have I have gone to the Instagram for some questions, and heaps have come through. Sorry, I won't be able to ask them all for the people who have sent them in, but um, we'll fly through a couple of these. Uh, first question, fastest Bronco time.
1: Oh, uh, my fastest Bronco, I ran a 458, um, that was a very long time ago, that was when I was in the sevens, uh, back yeah. in like 20, 2013, 2014, um, which, is, which is pretty good for us, sub five in the women's games, you know, bloody awesome, um, mm. but I tend to sit around 510, uh, 5, 510, 515 in there. Um, Who does the quickest one? Consistent. Uh we had Kelly Cal- Brazier and Slicker Winniata have the, the two quickest that I've had in oh, the yeah. 15s game around, a, I think, a 4.45 or something. Ridiculous.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. nice. Rapid. Love yeah. that. Okay, <laughs> you've mentioned Dan Carter a few times. He's also jumped in with a question here. Andy Ellis <laughs> or Wayne Smith?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Well, uh, I've I spent a lot of years with Andy, who, him giving, you know, taking me for some sessions and kind of mentoring me slightly, so, and Smithy I've only had for what, three months, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but holy heck, they've both got some amazing knowledge, um, you know, they're both awesome people and, and like almost quite similar, actually, they're really similar, they could almost be like father and son, those two, <laughs> um, I haven't said that to Smithy yet, but um, they're both quite, you know, they're quite intense, they both love it and they're both so passionate yeah. Um, so I'll probably have to go just with Andy because he's been, he's been buddy awesome to me over the years.
0: Fair enough, like that one. Okay, next one. How do you think you'd go in a Bunnings Cup game? <laughs>
1: um far out. I think my, my pass would probably be too slow in, in that, at that level. Um, no, I, I think I'd be able to, I think I'd, it'd be fast. I think I'd be able to get to the rucks and deliver the ball. Ten might have to be a bit closer. Um, but let's just hope that I wouldn't have to make any tackles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it'd be good to see. It. Be, yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm probably too old for that now, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, next one. This is a good one. Best advice to a dad supporting his daughter in her sporting aspirations?
1: Oh, I love that question. Um, I guess for me is just allowing allowing you allowing allowing her to do what do her um, yeah. you know I think there's there's been so much pressure that have been that's been put on from parents and the in the past and for me my parents never put any pressure on me it was just about being the best I could be and um, I know there's times in there that dad would have been um, he would have been like oh my gosh these guys like give her the ball um or you know some issues with the have had a couple of issues with some coaches in the past because i played the same position as their son um but just being hugely supportive um backing her when she needs someone to talk to someone to um you know just being positive you know positive information positive around the game um, and just um i guess getting her to set some goals actually as well um, mm. is always a good one, and, and helping her through those. But just, yeah, the biggest thing is not putting any pressure. And if she plays other sports, allow her to do that. Um, I'm huge around balance is better. I've played like six or seven sports at school, and I think that's what's allowed me to become the player I am today. So, mm. um, and if, if she gets the opportunity, take it with two hands, because it might only ever come once.
0: Great advice, love that one. Great answer, and good <laughs> question for whoever sent that in. Two more questions. Yeah. This next question is from our major sponsor, Swish, which I know you're on Swish. So if you are listening, go get yeah. a Swish from Kendra, one of the great Swishes yeah. in the world. <laughs> uh, if you could get a video shout out from any celebrity, who would it be and why?
1: I would say, do you know what? This is going to make people laugh. I absolutely love Celine Dion. Like, I do love yeah. Celine oh, Dion. I, I wasn't I think, picking her. Yeah, like right, she's. <laughs> No, so that's one person. She's in my um in my uh, my game day playlist. Uh, but also Simone Biles. I think I think Samoan Biles is an absolute freak. Um, yep. you know, like gymnasts, so I think that would be pretty cool. Um to be able to get a message from her. So Swish if you can make that happen, that'll be awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's make it happen. How does your Swish go? Yeah. Constantly doing them?
1: Yeah, there's a, I've, only had, I've only had a couple. I haven't been on it too long, um, yep. just a couple. But um, what a cool platform is though, eh? Like, mm. holy heck, I've seen a lot of their videos on there and just the reactions from people getting videos from, you know, from actual celebrities is, is yeah. pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's awesome stuff. Eh? Okay, last question. Best piece of advice you have for a Woodlad listener? Oh, um, the best
1: piece of advice... Would be to continue to listen to what I lad because Jimmy's gonna have a lot of females jump on <laughs> on now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've broken the trend. You're a trendsetter, just like the award now on the podcast. You're breaking
1: <laughs> breaking glass ceilings. <laughs> uh, that's what I was. Um, for. I think yeah, nice. No, I think for me, advice would just be um, i probably kind of said it as um, you know, is allowing allowing people to be themselves. Um, and to, if there's any ever an opportunity to do something that you love, um, do it, uh, and never be told that you can't. There's a few times through, through my career, I was told I couldn't play with the boys, but there was no reason for it, so I did it anyway. So, um, and just yeah, enjoying enjoying the moment um, where you can, and I guess life's too short, so embrace it.
0: Love that. Oh, we do need to get more women on this podcast. That is powerful <laughs> stuff. Love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks,
0: Jimmy. Thanks. <laughs> but really appreciate you coming on the podcast um, it's been awesome to hear your journey um, obviously you are an absolute inspiration to all the female rugby players out there especially the young ones who are looking to make a pathway through the game as well and obviously still inspiring a lot of men players as well so um, it's been awesome to hear how your story's gone and um, really excited for the Rugby World Cup I, I cannot wait to see the Black Ferns and yourself um, competing at this rugby world cup but i um, really appreciate you coming on the podcast
1: awesome thanks jimmy thanks for having me it's been awesome chatting to you i uh, appreciate for, appreciate for you know for you for having me on the on the show and being and being the first female so hopefully you get a, a couple more listeners
0: you're a legend appreciate it
1: cool thanks jimmy see you later what a lad, what a lad.